Hello, my name is Holly Owens, and welcome to Ed Up Ed Tech, the podcast that keeps you in the know about all the latest ed tech happenings. We interview guests from around the globe to give you deeper insights into the ed tech industry, the field of instructional design, and more. We're proudly a part of America's leading podcast network, the EdUp Experience. It's time to sit back and enjoy the latest episode of EdUp EdTech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another amazing episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens. And my name is Nadia Johnson, and we're your hosts. And we're super pumped. We have a great guest with us today. We have Robert Groover, who is the CEO of Databot, joining us. So welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to to share the Databot story. Yeah, we're looking forward to it too. Nadia and I were just talking. We're like, we can't wait to hear more about it. Uh, Typically, we do just a little bit of research because we want that authentic reaction to all the things that you're saying, but we're excited to have you here. Uh, But before we jump into all the things Databot, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey, Robert? How'd you come to become the CEO of Databot? Well, you know, I started um, in STEM education um, with my wife, actually, over 30 years ago before it was even called STEM. Um, I graduated um, college with degrees in English and creative writing, and then also with a degree in business management. And uh, fresh out of school, I was recruited by a um, small business incubator that was involved with a after-school program. Um, It was literally a what I call a rogue educator um, teaching out of his garage. And he was introducing kids to crazy things like Lego robotics and electronics and um, engineering and um, a lot of the computer um, programs at that time. He was doing computer graphics, 3D animations, a lot of things in 1988 that uh, were really cutting edge for kids. So I got recruited to go to this program and see if I could help document what he was doing. And uh, the idea was from these investors in this incubator was to try to replicate that and and do a franchise across the country. So that's really how I got started. I didn't start out as an educator, but I ended up loving working with kids and working in this environment and ended up spending 30 years with that company, um, developing STEM programs, teaching kids and uh, um, loving ed tech. Oh, I love I love that story. And like, it sounds very like Bill Nyish, you know, working <laughs> out of the garage and doing different things on the outside, kind of going rogue in, in the situation. And you worked for them for 30 years. That's amazing. That's yeah, it was that. a great company. We, uh, we developed a lot of programs and products. My wife um, actually volunteered with me um, when we started um, working for that company and uh, worked with me for many years through that company off and on. Um, She left work for quite a while um, raising our kids, but then came back and and did it again. In 2018, um, we left that company and uh, started Databot. Um, We took everything we had learned and all the programs that we had done and uh, poured it all into this remarkable new product that's uh, available now. That's awesome. I know that you said your wife kind of was with you along this journey, um, but I, I want to know who who inspired you along this journey. 
you know, over 30 years, probably um, too many to list. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'd have to put my wife actually at the top of that list because uh, she was probably the most um, dedicated and sincere um, educator I've ever seen. I mean, to this day, we still have kids that she taught uh, that now have their own kids that continue to reach out to us and and tell us how much, you know, she impacted their lives. So she was a natural STEM educator um, from day one. And uh, a lot of the quality of the product and the experience for teachers, I think, comes from, from her. That's awesome. Um, I know that... Um that uh being from that like education background and learning from that perspective you're able to really kind of bring that knowledge so it seems like she she really brought that knowledge to to what you've built with databot that's awesome yeah there's yeah. no doubt um, she really has helped define the product i'm kind of the the technology guy i don't have a um, degree in engineering but it seems like 30 years of stem have given me a lot of expertise. that counts you should have a degree <laughs> <laughs> that counts to me. I don't understand why if you have like 10 plus years in something. I consider you at least an, at the expert level. Expert, so absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, so Robert, you've, you've been in this game for quite a bit, you know, working for a previous company and now having DataBot. Um, how would you personally go about defining educational technology? You know, I think it's, um, that's a great question because we actually um, used to teach that as one of the first things when we were introducing it to teachers and parents and kids. You know, technology is just a tool and it just depends on whether it's a simple tool like a pencil or an advanced tool like Databot. Technology is there to help you solve problems, um, make your life easier, um, execute um, tasks. Um, but, you know, Technology today has such a wide variety of definitions, you know, everything from virtual reality and software to, to robotics hardware. So I think if you boil it down to something very simple, it's a tool that's going to help you accomplish something. Oh, I love it. Straight to the point. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love it that you're saying like, it's, it's a tool to help you. I think Lots of people today are getting scared by AI, maybe data bots, you know, what's happening in the background and figuring out how to navigate their way when really it's just a tool. It's a resource that you implement and use to make things better, enhance the learning experience for sure. Yeah. Make things easier a little bit. Um, so now we're kind of getting to, into this part of the episode where we want to learn more about DataBot and what, um, this product brings to students and educators, um, and within the education space. Yeah. So let me give you a little backstory on where DataBot came from. Um, one of the last projects that uh, my wife and I worked on actually at that former company was deploying, um, STEM labs and it was a, in a, um, um, organization overseas. And they were deploying these labs for the first time into schools with teachers that had never used um, this kind of technology. Um, they were very used to stand and deliver pedantic type um, teaching methods, the type of things that we were introducing them to with um, inquiry-based, hands-on, do-it-yourself, makerspace type um, activities was um, completely foreign. 
And unfortunately, the organization that was deploying these labs um, did not allocate um, adequate time for professional development or um, getting people comfortable with those tools. So we deployed these beautiful labs. Um, they were rich with technology, engineering, programming, robotics, life science kits, 3D printers, um, you name it. Um, they had spent the money on the equipment and the tools and they were first rate. But the teachers were um, literally scared of this equipment because it was just so much technology, um, such a high learning curve just to learn the equipment. And then beyond that, of course, it's a completely new pedagogy. So, you know, the labs are beautiful. They're still there. But uh, I talked to some people just a few weeks ago, and uh, they're still not being used very extensively because they just have not allocated the time for professional development and getting people to embrace the technology. Anyway, we walked away from that with a long list of, of criteria that we said, well, you know, you've got all of these teachers around the world um, that are interested in learning and doing STEM type approaches in their classroom, but they don't want to do it, you know, if they have a learning curve of, of 500 hours to get it done. <laughs> so what we did is came up with a device that literally um, satisfied a criteria list of about 27 points, you know. Um, it had to be something that was friendly, something that was easy to learn and use, something that was um, wide ranging through all of the different grade bands. We have people using Databot from grades two and three clear through university, for example. It's a device that can be used for teaching all the core sciences. So you can literally teach um, physics, life science, biology, earth science, environmental science with it. But then you can also expand into some rich technology topics like uh, coding, you know, physical computing with it. Um, we actually have people doing machine learning, edge computing, all kinds of things with this, this simple device. So it's turned out to be extremely um, um, successful because of that versatility. Um, so yeah, that's that's really um, the backstory on Databot. We wanted something that was scalable, and uh, you know, it's very small. Um, can't show it to you on a on an audio podcast, but you know, it's um, small. Enough. I want to be linked in the show notes. I promise people will be able to go out and look at it because I'm looking at it right now. It's pretty cool. Great. No, it's uh, small enough to fit in the palm of your hand. It's like. Um, Oh, about an inch and a quarter on a side and then three quarters of an inch tall. So very light, 34 grams. It's small enough to actually be packed by a drone. Lots of people using Tello drones in the classroom, um, put a data bot on board and record data. You know, just to give you a simple definition of it, it's a multi-sensor device with built-in physical computing attributes. So it's got lights and sound. So you've got 15 sensors on board, all of which you can interact with through uh, motion or sound or light or gases that surround you. And then you can also use it to control external devices. So it's a it's basically a robot in a little tiny package, right? And it gives you the freedom to do all kinds of activities. We have people launching it on rockets, um, flying it on drones, launching it with catapults, dancing with it. Um, doing, you know, all kinds of explorations of chemistry, temperature, um, you know, and it's really inexpensive. It's $189. And, uh, 
heretofore, you know, to do probeware with that many sensors would have cost you five to 10 times that yeah, price. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's really, yeah, and it's really, I can't only imagine how much this is exploding in some of the science courses within mm -hmm. the K through 12. I'm like thinking about all it. the things that I used to do and I'm like, oh, you know, we we're excited to put batteries in something and test the batteries. I don't even remember something in, in like fourth grade. Um, and test the the effectiveness of batteries but this sounds unbelievable i bet students love to use it it, it, sounds, it seems fun yeah you know that was uh, one of the intentions was to make it approachable and friendly and it really is i mean it's got uh, rgb leds built into it so it lights up in all kinds of beautiful colors you can you can code it to have a personality so for example you might want to train your data bot to respond to when you breathe on it. What's it going to do? You know, it can chortle at you and, and, and turn blue. Uh, what happens when you throw it in the air? It might squeal and turn red. Um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. That's so yeah. cool. What are some of, yeah, what are some of the, I was going to ask you, go, no, go ahead. I'm going to, I'll ask you after you finish your thoughts. I was just going to say the whole idea is to get kids physically interacting with data because it's a data powered world. Um, mm -hmm. They have to understand how to collect, interpret, analyze, um, and use data to solve problems. So what better way to get them comfortable with data than physically interacting with data on a regular basis? Yeah, I was going to ask you, what are some of the the favorite ways that you've seen people, your favorite ways, people using data bot in the classroom and higher ed or just in any situation that you've, you've been there and you, they're using, it, you're like, oh, I didn't expect this because it sounds like a lot of different things have come out of it. Maybe this is the goal. This was the goal of DataBot, but now people are using it for a variety of different other things. Yeah, I think the, um, I'll give you a couple of examples of activities that kids do and uh, um, a couple of extrapolations that came from educators that were doing these things. One of the activities that uh, we use um, DataBot for to introduce concepts of acceleration and acceleration due to gravity is a project called Ninja Physics, okay? And Ninja Physics is a lot of fun because as, as you might expect, kids are going to be moving like ninjas and learning about acceleration and gravity. Now, the interesting thing about DataBot is that you get to visualize all these invisible forces that are around us all the time. You know, we're surrounded by, we're surrounded by gases and pressure and um, things like gravity that are pulling down on us at all times. We can't really see those. We just uh, acclimate to them and just, you know, you, you don't really think about it. DataBot allows you to actually see those things. So the first activity in Ninja Physics, for example, kids put DataBot in the palm of their hand and they activate the app. It connects by Bluetooth, so it's wireless. So wireless is great because you can toss these things around and, you know, there's no, no cables or anything. But uh, you connect to it by um, Bluetooth. You start streaming the data. And students can look at the data and they can see as they hold it in their hand that, that it's displaying 9.8 meters per second squared, which of course is um, the gravitational constant for Earth. And um, they notice that, okay, if I rotate DataBot um, upright, it shifts gravity to another axis. So you can actually visualize the 3D axes of, of DataBot. So it's introducing kids, first of all, to gravity and the gravity constant. And then it's also introducing them to 3D Cartesian coordinates. So they explore it in this freeform activity. They rotate it up, right, left, right. They see the X, Y, Z axes. 
And then the next activity um, is called um, a steady hand, where it actually times them. So students compete to see who can get the highest score, and they're trying to hold it perfectly level on the z-axis and getting 9.8 meters per second squared over a 10-second data set. And I will tell you, the kids never forget 9.8 meters per second squared. <laughs> and already they're becoming familiar and really comfortable with data um, because it's visualizing in a graph. It's also showing you the numbers. So these kinds of activities where kids are physically interacting with the data are fantastic because it's fun, it's gamified, and it's real. You know, it's showing you real data that surrounds you. And that's just one example. Now, an extrapolation of that, we have a teacher in North Carolina that did some really crazy stuff with acceleration. And uh, um, he created an activity series called Dancing with the Data. And he straps data bots to um, kids. He has a 3D printed holder that uh, he, you know, he puts it inside and then they use a band to um, attach it to their chest. And then he has kids visualize different dance moves and they have to try to replicate and match graphs based on acceleration. Um, so that's a great example of, of a creative teacher that has really taken, you know, the idea of visualizing motion um, data and taking it to something really fun that the kids love. He's he's posted a lot of videos of, of teachers and kids dancing with the data. <laughs> oh, that sounds that's so awesome. A little spinoff of dancing with the stars, dancing with the data. I like it. Anything related to pop culture that they get makes it relevant. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So without, um, you know, giving away too much or, you know, kind of, we don't want you violating any NDAs or anything for secrets that you have coming up, but what is on the roadmap for the upcoming upcoming year? Um, what what maybe new exciting things or goals does Databot have um, for the product? You know, so many things. Um, the product, as I said, is um, I look at it as an open platform for um, innovation, really. So out of the box, it's super easy to use with this app I was describing. It'll connect by Bluetooth. Um, you scan a QR code and lessons are um, pre-configured. So all I have to do is tap an icon and you're streaming data and the lessons are right there. So super easy to use out of the box and lots and lots of things you can do um, in all of the sciences with just the core experiments. Now, beyond that, in terms of technology, um, we've already done lots of things with um, interoperability with other platforms. So you can attach Databot, for example, to a Sphero RVR and take control of that little tracked robot. So now you've got a mobile um, robotic system that can use all of the sensing capabilities of Databot, but it's now mobile, right? Um, so we're continuing to expand all of those interoperability um, 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 pieces. You know, for example, we released a curriculum around Lego robotics um, last quarter, and it's been really popular. It takes Lego Spike Prime robots, and we have our own builds where you integrate Databot, and we have missions that are all career-based. So students work in teams where one student, for example, will be the engineer, another student will be the data scientist and they solve problems together. So a lot of what's on our roadmap is to continuing to intertwine um, with other systems. Um, we want it to be able to work with VEX, for example. We started that this quarter. Um, we want to be able to integrate with just about anything. Um, and then beyond that, um, you know, we're working with a company, um, uh, it's an organization, a nonprofit, that has created Microblocks, which is um, a fantastic coding environment. 
Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Microblocks, but uh, uh, one of the founders and, and lead architects of Scratch um, has founded Microblocks specifically for um, physical computing. So it's a fantastic environment for maintaining engagement with kids, but it's also remarkable for interoperability. It allows us to connect to all kinds of other things. So um, Internet of Things, for example, um, you can put Databot out on a network, program it with Microblocks, and uh, broadcast all of your greenhouse data, for example, into the cloud. Um, some other interesting things, um, augmented reality, virtual reality, streaming live sensor data um, into augmented reality apps. So for example, you would be able to just point your phone at Databot and visualize all of the different data um, points that are um, happening around it. You'd be able to see gas levels and all oh, kinds of things. That's so cool. That's so cool. I, yeah. I, when you started describing it, the first, and this is going to date me in my age, the first thing that came to my head is I think of the movie Twister when they're trying to get, have you seen the movie Twister when they're trying to get data from the tornadoes and they have, they call it Dorothy and they have these little sensors that they need to get up into the tornado. And that's what I envisioned when you first started describing Databot as like getting that information like real, now it's real time because um, that movie came back out like in the 90s. But that is so cool what you're doing and they could just like see it instantaneously, like what's the gases and the gravity. I I don't know. I, I was a biology minor. Um, so I did at one point want to teach science. So this is very intriguing to me. Yeah, I've had more than one person actually bring up um, Quister because it looks oh. so long those devices. Yeah. You know? So it's fantastic that way. And uh, yeah, we've had Databot sent up on um, high-powered rockets, high-altitude um, balloon launches. So it's it's been up to about 100,000 feet collecting data. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's so cool. Uh, so you're, you've done... you you know, you worked in the industry before and now you have data bot and you're doing all these different things and getting all these different, like, you know, people doing this and, you know, pushing into that. Um, and I like what you have coming up on your roadmap. So we're coming up here on the end of the episode and we definitely want to leave it open for you to come back and tell us what's going on in the next six to 12 months. We love doing where are they now episodes. Um, so final two questions for you, Robert. Um, is there anything that we miss? Anything else you'd like to share? And then we want to know from you and from your perspective and experiences, what does the future of ed tech look like? So anything we missed? And what does the future look like? Well, I think in a short um, podcast, that's probably about the most we can pack in there about data. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. And we want on. people to go out and we want them to explore it. We want them to see it and order it and use it. Exactly. Yep. No, I'd love to share more specifics about it because there's just so many different ways people are using it around the world. But I think we covered a really good um, chunk of it to get people at least aware that it exists. And then in terms of the future, I think, you know, the biggest thing that everybody's talking about now, of course, is artificial intelligence. And um, it's obviously going to transform everything. You know, we use it daily for um, all kinds of things, ranging from helping to align, you know, standards to activities, um, to, you know, helping to answer questions about technology. Um, we can even crank out code that can work with Databot using artificial intelligence. You know, we're even looking at uh, ways to create Databot um, 
um, capabilities where it can actually interact with an AI engine and answer questions for you. You know, what's the temperature outside? And then it could actually tell you things about that. But I think uh, you had mentioned this right at the beginning, Holly, that uh, um, AI isn't something we should be afraid of. It's something that I think everybody needs to be aware of and they need to embrace understanding what it can do um, because it's just another tool. Um, and if we've got educators and kids afraid to use it or parents terrified to use it, then that's that's doing everybody a disservice. So the best best way forward, I think, is to embrace it, learn about it, understand it, and help guide it to make sure it is a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Robert, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on Ed Up Ed Tech and tell us all about Databot. And everything about Databot is obviously going to be linked in our show notes, where to connect with you, where to go out to your website to learn more about Databot and getting it into your own classroom, into your whatever that is in K-12, higher ed, adult learning. So thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. This was a lot of fun to meet both of you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You've just experienced an another amazing episode of EdUp EdTech. Be sure to visit our website at edupedtech.com to get all the updates on the latest EdTech happenings. See you next time.